Welcome to Working for Women, the Independent Women's Forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better. Hello, I'm Hadley Heath Manning, Director of Health Policy at the Independent Women's Forum. It's that time of year when many students are graduating from colleges and universities and going on to start their lives, enter the workforce, start their professional careers. Today, I'm here with our very own Carrie Lucas, Managing Director at IWF, and we're going to be talking about that transition and um, also especially some advice for young women who are graduating from college this month. Carrie, thank you so much for joining me today. No, thanks, Hadley, for having me on. So you've got this great article on Forbes.com. It's called Seven Things College Women Should Know for Life After Graduation. And I've got to say, personally, I really appreciate this article. I've got a little sister who's in college, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners, even if they aren't college age themselves, they know someone who's about that age or who's starting out in their professional life. So thanks for writing this article. I think it's a good guideline for giving advice to the next generation of workers. But um, I, I want to ask, what inspired you to write this article or uh, why did you decide to, to put pen to paper with these seven things? You know, it, it's interesting, interesting, Hadley, because you're absolutely right. It was actually a relative of mine, my uh, an uncle who, um, you know, he's no longer has college age kids, but he works with some some young women, and he thought, boy, you know, they have a lot of misinformation in their heads, and he um, asked if I had an article that would um, dispel some of the myths that they may have heard in college, and um, and I thought to myself, you know, boy, I you know, I don't know anything off the top of my head, but that would be a great um, piece to write, and that's what made me want to put this together. Yeah, that is a transition from the sort of the theoretical world of the, the university to the practical working world. So uh, for young women today, I think especially for women who have college degrees, there are just so many opportunities professionally and so many choices ahead of them. Myself, I was just completely overwhelmed making these choices. I felt completely underprepared to make big decisions about what to major in or what kind of job to apply for, how to apply for certain jobs. Um so can you talk a little bit about these choices that are available to young women today and um, if you have any advice for just how to navigate those big decisions? You know, yeah, it's interesting because, um, you know, on one hand, um, a lot of people who are graduating from college today, you know, feel like they don't have that many choices because we don't have a great job market right now. So there's a lot of people out there who are frustrated and are looking for any sort of work. Um, so that can be, that's one challenge that, that they face. But I think that the, a lot of young women out there, um, who've been told and, and been kind of a, an environment where you talk a lot or you think a lot about, um, about the, the difficulties of being a woman and is there discrimination you're going to face and, um, uh, you know, the, the limitations of that women have historically had, you know, w- these women who are graduating today should feel incredibly lucky because yes, there's a, you know, not so great job market and economy out there. Um, but the jobs that do exist, the opportunities that are, that are open, um, they are open to men and women and, um, women are succeeding. Um, in many ways, women are doing better than men in today's economy. Um, so they shouldn't feel like their sex is going to hinder them in any way. Um, and they need to start thinking strategically because you're absolutely right that they can they have a lot of choices when it comes to profession and to what they want to focus their lives on um, and it is it's hard because um, you know for so many people they have a natural progression from high school to, to college and that seems like kind of the obvious path they're go- they're going to take or once you leave college there's a lot of question marks do I continue with school do I find a job if so what job um, so you're right that it, that it really becomes tricky for a lot of women out there. Yeah, I was really confused about, you know, should I just do whatever it is that I like to do? Like, I enjoy musical theater. Should I just 
become an actress or should I look at the marketplace and say, wow, looks like there's a real need for nurses, you know, but I hate the idea of working, you know, with blood or bodily fluids. That's just not my (laughs) calling. So finding sort of the intersection of those things, your passions and, you know, maybe what is in demand, I think is a real challenge for people who've never been in the workforce before. But, um, you know, this, this issue of being a young woman in the workplace, I guess a lot of them may be thinking about workplace discrimination. So what do you think college women should know about workplace discrimination before they, you know, start on their first maybe professional job? A lot of them may be surely thinking about this wage gap or about sexism, maybe fearful that their boss won't treat them fairly. How should they think about or approach those issues? Yeah, you know, I, I think one of the, the most important things that young women should should um, keep in mind as they're as they're looking for those first jobs and thinking about about their expectations for what their workplace is going to be like um, is that you know you shouldn't be looking for discrimination. Um, you know, there certainly are going to be bad bosses out there, and discrimination occurs. And you know, you might come up with you know it's not going to be a perfect road ahead of you, but you really should have no reason to expect that you are going to be mistreated by your bosses. And in fact, you know, I think that's that you'll see in um, uh, you know, the, the kind of view people get of workplaces from shows like Mad Men and um, is that you, you know, you're going to be working for this this you know old you know, stodgy old man who is going from a different era and um, when in fact you know most likely you're going to start working for when you get hired to your um, your first job you're going to be working with with for someone reporting to someone who's just a couple years older than you are um, he or she is going to have been educated in largely the same way that you are um, you know it's it's very unlikely that you're going to have a raging sexist as your as your superior um, you know in, uh, women are actually more likely than men to be um, Managers, so you might you're quite possibly you're going to be reporting to a woman, um, and you know you should you should really expect the best. Someone hiring you um, for a job you know, wants you to succeed. They want you to be good at your job um, so that you can help them be good at theirs. That's really what um, you know. People employ people to make their lives easier. Um, so you should have I think expect the best, and of course there may be bumps along the way, um, but so much of what you hear about um, about this this idea of discrimination being so rampant is is really misleading and it's it's not the way you should walk in or your expectations for for your career in the workplace um you know that's that's not the way to start off yeah and i would recommend to our listeners we have another podcast about specifically the wage gap between men and women and iwf.org is full of resources about that particular uh part of our economy um another issue i think that's easily misunderstood is the idea of parity versus equality so a lot of young women probably hear about the number of women in Congress or the number of women who are CEOs in big companies or the number of women who are in certain professions that are maybe traditionally considered male-dominated professions. Should that worry young women that there's sort of this uh, disproportionate underrepresentation of women in certain fields? Should we be worried, for example, that so few members of Congress are women compared to the general population or that there's less than 50 percent of, of CEOs who are female? Yeah, you know, this is a very interesting conversation and topic for people to ruminate on in a women's studies seminar or in some of these classes when when you're in college. But certainly as you're making your own decisions about your career, you should be thinking about the unique set of preferences um, and, you know, opportunities, your talents, um, you know, what your expectations are. Um, these are what should drive 
um, your career choices. Um, it would be silly for everybody to go out and try to become an investment banker or try to you know, just become the CEO of a Fortune 500 um, company because uh, you owe it to the sisterhood to be trying to, quote, lean into a job and, and make those numbers balance out. Um, you know, what we really, what we should be seeing, what we want, the ideal situation is for us to have an economy and live in a, a world where people are able to act on their preferences and find the kind of jobs and opportunities that they that they want. You know, um, so being a, um, in the medical field wasn't your cup of tea. Um, that's that's fine. You found um, something else and have been able to you know balance out the the you know a dream if perhaps acting is a dream, um, but probably wasn't the most um, you know, solid way to to earn some money and and um, have a, a you know kind of a surefire a career path. You know, you have to make those those assess assessments and on average women tend to make different choices or have different pri- priorities than men do and that's not a problem um, you shouldn't worry about what anybody else's choice is you should be making sense you know um, of what you've got to act on your own behalf and focus on what's going to make you happy because it really is a an incredibly big decision um, so um, so it's it's silly to get wrapped up in that that bigger numbers game yeah. Um, you know, another speculation that people make about women in the workplace is that they just don't have enough confidence in themselves, that they don't ask for pay raises enough, that uh, they don't speak up for themselves maybe in the same way that their male colleagues might do. So first of all, do you think that there's any truth to that? And what advice do you have to women who are just getting started in their careers, you know, advice when it comes to how to value themselves or how to have confidence in the workplace, speaking up for themselves. You have anything to say about that? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because I do think that this is something that um um, you know, once when we were talking about the wage gap and when we look at most of what, what drives the wage gap is these different preferences that men and women have um, for their time and talents. Women tend to take time out for um, to spend time with children and tend to focus on jobs that um, have lower pay but um, are more personally fulfilling and have um, other characteristics that, that women like. And, and, you know, that's okay. But once those factors are all controlled for, there are still a couple percentage points, you know, usually around 5% um, of difference gap between men and women which women which is unexplained and part of that may be due to discrimination but others have um, hypothesized that it may be this this fact that women are are less likely to ask for raises or to negotiate their salaries and I think that's really interesting and I hope that I'm sure there's more work being done to kind of tease that out and see if that is driving any of that lingering difference and um, and that's great because that's something we we absolutely can do something about um, um, you know I'm a mother of, of some little girls um, and um, and it's important for me to talk to my daughters about how to um, to be feel comfortable speaking about money. If, if you know, there's nothing women shouldn't feel awkward. That's part of um, you know your job as an employee, and that's your boss's job is um, is to discuss your compensation. And you should try to make sure that you um, you know, field other offers, listen to what people um, in other areas what they're making, and think hard about the compensation packages that you'd expect in different lines of, of work because different career paths do have very different um, uh, you know earning potential, and you should be taking that into account and talk to your bosses um, and ask for raises periodically and get comfortable with talking about money. It's, it shouldn't be taboo. Um, but, you know, I think this is something that we can, you know, women have to get used to. And I'm sure that, um, I'm sure this is changing every day because women are becoming more, more used to and more um, assertive in a lot of those ways. So I bet that that's one of those things that's going to become eradicated in time, but it's important for young women to keep in mind. 
Yeah, especially considering the number of college grads this month who are probably walking across stage thinking about the thousands of dollars in student loan debts that they'll have to repay. <laughs> so it's important to, to get the exactly. right you know, earnings that reflect that investment you've made in your education. So I want to shift gears a little bit and um, talk about one of what was, for me at least, one of the biggest questions in my mind when I was graduating college, what to do about that boyfriend. I had a really serious boyfriend in college, and I was thinking a lot about how to approach marriage and family and how to balance those things with the the sort of pursuits and desires and goals that I had professionally in my career. Um, do you think that that's something that a lot of young women are, are thinking about? And do you have any advice for how they should think about it at this early stage in their career? Yeah, you know, I think one of the the big, um, most important things that I hope that young women, um, uh, you know, take home is that they should, um, they shouldn't be shy about taking this topic seriously, um, because of course everybody's thinking about about boyfriends and relationships, um, but I think that a lot of, of young women are told that that's really something that should come sec- that's secondary, um, that that you know it's silly you can have your relationships, but you can't really think about getting serious until after your career is started and you are more, um, you know, later on and you should, you should wait some years out of college and kind of find yourself and focus on both having fun and building a career. Um, and, you know, and I, I don't want, I don't think anybody should feel pressure that they need to try to, you know, um, get married right out of, out of college. But it's also, it's, I think it's terrible advice to say that, um, that it's, you're, you're too young to start looking and taking relationships seriously. You should be thinking now about the kind Kind of um, that pers- the kind of partner that you want to spend your life with, um, and make sure that when you're kind of building this idea of what what kind of career you want, where you want to live, um, how you want to spend your time, um, you know who your partner is. If you're planning on, if you're hoping to get married, you know nothing is going to be more important or more determinative of your of your happiness um, and even your financial security um, than making a good choice when it comes to to marriage. Um, so you know, I, I think that that this idea you'll see in kind of the Cosmo and Women Types magazines is that you should be sowing your wild oats when you're in your 20s. When I think, in fact, um, you know, if you're you should kind of take take your personal life as seriously as you would your career. Um, start making smart choices about trying to find a, a life partner. And if you're lucky enough to find that guy um, early on, um, you know, that's you, you should consider yourself very fortunate um, that you get to make that decision and to spend more time in these important formative years building a career together. I don't think that that should be seen as as a handicap or a weakness, you know, that's a that can be a real blessing. So I don't think that it's a mistake to start, you know, thinking about um, you know, marriage and, and family formation earlier rather than later. Yeah, and a lot of young people who are graduating college today, they might be really high caliber young people going on to graduate programs or uh, different job opportunities in different parts of the country. And I know in my personal experience, that caused a lot of tension in, in my relationship with my boyfriend, who's now my husband. Um, but eventually, you do have to start, you know, thinking about the future and thinking about uh, long term. And one thing you said kind of interests me, Carrie, about you know, societal pressure, either pressure to go ahead and get married or maybe pressure in the opposite direction to delay marriage or to delay having children. Um, How do you think the societal pressures that women might face today compare to maybe other generations of, of women? Do you have any advice for young women about how to navigate that? And do you think that a lot of women in, in today's graduating class feel like they are free to think independently about marriage and family decisions? Or do you think that they are feeling a lot of peer pressure or pressure from parents and society at large? 
you know, I, I hope that we are moving to, towards kind of an era where people are encouraged to, um, uh, you're feeling a little bit more balanced. We're certainly, I think that, um, you know, a generation or um, two ago, um, women felt incredible pressure to be getting married and they had to be married, um, you know, early out of the, out of, um, you know, if they went to college to early after college, um, it would be considered, um, you know, a, a great priority that they had to find, find a husband where now certainly that's not the, Certainly, that's not in the cards for a lot of college-educated women. I think, if anything, are you're hearing messages in the other du- direction that they're too young to settle down. But I'm, I'm hopeful that that's that there's a little bit more balance and that people are, um, uh, you know, feeling more free to to act on their own preferences and to be you know looking for that that soulmate and looking for that partner. Um, you know, but not not feeling that it's, it's because of the clocks ticking in either direction. Um, you know, certainly I, our society has a lot of bad messages when it comes to relationships, but I don't think that there's the big time pressure that there there used to be a generation ago. Yeah, that's. I think that's right. I think that's some good news that hopefully people are less judgmental of other people's decisions. I think we can make broad stereotypes about you know women in urban centers with high levels of education probably marrying later than uh, their cohort in more rural areas with less education. But ultimately, we're all individuals, and we have to make these decisions based on our individual circumstances. So um, I mentioned my own marriage. I got married about a year ago, and one thing that was a challenge for me was um, just merging my life with someone else's because when I was young in college and um, just after college, I was really only thinking about my life in terms of myself. What do I want? What's best for me? And it was kind of all about me, 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 Hadley. Um, (laughs) But then I found out over time that um, the life's not really like that. And uh, in a way, being married for about a year, it's been refreshing to consider you know, someone else's interests as well as my own. Um, but I wanted to ask you, Carrie, if you think that our modern parenting and education techniques and trends are really preparing young women as well as young men to sort of know how to form relationships and form families, or do you think that we have focused so much on the self, you know, self-esteem, self-confidence, your own uh, dreams, follow your dreams, these messages for kids, are they, is that making it hard for young people to learn how to compromise and to, to form families. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think certainly there's a um, this emphasis on, um, in the same way that I think so many young women are being um, pushed into this idea that, you know, career should be everything. And if you haven't, you know, if you're not reaching for the, the you know, corner office, um, you're, you're making a mistake. I think that's a, a message that's often pushed on women in, in college um, kind of too strongly. And while, you know, I think it's great if, if anybody who wants to go and um, and um, you try to, you know, make a lot of money or become a top uh, corporate leader or become, you know, a congresswoman or, or president or have one of these roles, you know, that's, that's a wonderful thing, of course. Um, but, you know, but you know, we all have, um, you know, life's a lot more than that. And um, you should be thinking about your career choices in terms of, of building kind of the life you want um, that, you know, including, you know, making, making money, but then also these, these other, these other attributes. And the same thing, I think with, with um, kind of life partnerships and with having, um, getting married, um, I think you're right that, that um, I think too often people approach relationships or the message you're getting um, early on is that um, is that you have to be 
um, you know, that it should be all about you and that every moment should be, you know, total bliss and happiness where that's really not, a, a, you know, realistic over the, the long term. You want to find somebody who is, um, you love, of course, but is also shares your, your vision and is going to have a, a lasting long term relationship with and that you're going to recognize there's going to be some ups and downs. Um, so I do think it's important for people to have, um, both, you know, realistic expectations, but then also, have this mindset of, of you're going to have to make sacrifices along the way, both in terms of, of your careers. You can't have everything. You can't be both an astronaut and a professional ballerina. You've got to you just choose to make some choices and both are, there's going to be a lot of trade-offs and same with, with relationships. Um, you know, it's, being a grown-up is, is hard in many ways because it is closing a lot of doors. Um, but hopefully you can, you know, with, with having a real understanding of the options out there um, and putting your, you know, making some smart choices, you know, women today should feel incredibly optimistic that they can build the lives they want. Yeah, I agree. And uh, ultimately, it's about thinking about what satisfies you the most, what brings you the greatest satisfaction that's not always reflected in in a paycheck or in a, some social status that comes along with a particular job. But uh, it is something that's hard for each person to think about. These choices are not easy. Um, but we certainly want to wish the graduating class of 2015 the best as they start to navigate some of these trade-offs and realities and some of the many opportunities that we uh, hope are ahead of them. Carrie, I wanted to ask you in wrapping up if there's uh, anything from your article that we didn't get a chance to discuss or broad advice that you might want to offer young women who are entering the workforce or going on to graduate school or maybe starting families of their own, uh, just getting started on this next chapter of life. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, I think that the main thing is just to have have a good attitude and have um you know kind of look for the best. Um, uh, don't you know don't carry this kind of women's studies baggage of assuming you're going to be a victim or, and that kind of life owes you everything. Um, you know you're going to have to have, sacrifice a lot and make a lot of trade offs, but um but they're your choices to make and but you have to make them. And so um you know come out there and and really start you put your best foot forward and try to to look for look for the best and and you you've got a a lot of opportunities ahead. So I think this is so much good news for the college graduates today that I hope everybody kind of comes out with the right attitude and can hit the ground running. Yeah, it sounds like being an adult is a lot of responsibility, but it's actually <laughs> pretty pretty empowering. So uh, thanks for that positive uh, end note. I want to let our listeners know that um, they want to hear more about what we have to say at the Independent Women's Forum. Our website is iwf.org. We've written a lot about these issues and the trade-offs that women face in the workplace at every age. So I encourage our listeners to go there and read more if they're interested. Thank you, Carrie, so much for being my guest today. For those of you who've listened to this podcast, we thank you for your time. And again, to all those recent college graduates out there, we say congratulations and best wishes. Your future is what you make of it. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or stop by iwf.org for similar content. 